welcome to ChamberCast, the Billings Chamber of Commerce's podcast, brought to you by Payne West Insurance. I'm your host, Jack Genoway. Last episode, you heard our interview with two of our Business Excellence Award winners, Business Person of the Year, Dusty Eaton, and NextGen Emerging Leader, Bo Brunsma. This episode, you'll hear Hannah Olson and I interview our Customer Service Excellence Award winner, Matt Hall, our Inclusion Award winner, William Henry, and our Employer of the Year, Entree Technology Services. This is a little bit longer of an episode, but make sure to stick around till the end. I think some really great insights came out of our interview with the team from Entree. Now, here is our interview with Matt Hall. Up next, we are out at Midway Auto and RV with our Customer Service Excellence Award winner, Matt Hall. Matt, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today and congratulations. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad you guys were able to come out. So just to start off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself uh, what you do and about your organization. Absolutely. So I'm not a Montana native. I'm a transplant, but I moved out here when I was 15 years old and I've spent my whole life raising my family here in this community and working in this community as well. Um, I came to work for Midway because it was an opportunity I felt that matched very closely to my core values and so I guess the thing that I can tell you about Midway is that it's a family-owned business. Mm-hmm. Um, we have three locations, soon to be in our new Billings location. Maybe a lot of you have seen that driving by on the highway, but we're super excited to get there. So we have, we're, at the, uh, we're at the Laurel location right now, and there's, a, there, there's another one somewhere? I wasn't aware of that. Yes, we have a brand new building that's being constructed. We'll be moving in the 1st of June. Okay. And um, it is 6460 South Furniture Road, I think is the actual address. But uh, yeah, we're going to have a much larger presence and be able to even double and triple our inventory size. That's exciting. Yes. Super cool. And Matt, you've got a pretty long history in sales and customer service. Can you talk a little bit about that? And then also just looking back, what are you the proudest of? Well, I think... Yes. Looking back at my career, um, I found out that I was actually quite good at being able to communicate with people. And so that led me into multiple things. Uh, I got in the car business when I was 19 years old and I worked for Toyota Land of Billings on Grand Avenue, which is still there. It's just now Lithia. And I found out very early that that was something that I was you know, I was good at. And so I was able to rise through the ranks. And so, yeah, I mean, I've been in these positions and have had great success. I think the thing that I'm the most proud though, is of being able to, um, raise my family in such a great community. Um, all my children were born here. Um, all of them are married, but one, um, I have grandbabies here. My siblings live here. Um, I love spending time with my family. I feel like that's what I do when I come to work at Midway because of how we operate. And so life is great. What are some of your favorite things to, to do in Billings? What are, what are some of the things that keep you here aside from just having everybody else around? Well, you know, when your whole family lives here, um, you, you think about the opportunity of moving away, but mm-hmm. it just never came to fruition. And, you know, I'm a golfer. Uh, I used to be a really good one and now I'm just an okay one <laughs> as I get older, but, um, 
I love the game of golf. I love the integrity that's in the game of golf. I like the people that play the game of golf and, um, I play all over this beautiful County that we live in. And, um, but I, I mainly play at the Briarwood. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful spot. Yes. What, what do you think is, I mean, you've been recognized by your peers as, you know, an excellent example of customer service. What do you attribute that to? What do you attribute your success to so far? I would have to attribute that to my parents, number one, for the upbringing that I received. And secondly, just a lot of great mentors that I've had the opportunity to work under in this community. And there's a lot of great people in the automotive and the RV industry. You know, sometimes we get a bad rap, right? Because of the line of work that we're in. So the the sleazy uh, car salesman line. People, yep, they still want to attribute it to that. I think we're still they still would rather go to a dentist or a lawyer before they want to come see us. So, wow. you know, we've got our work cut out for us, but, <laughs> but I've found out over the years that if you just really treat people the way you want to be treated and you make them comfortable, it's not a hard process. You just find out what they're looking for and try and supply the product for them. It's really simple. I imagine that uh, it's a little bit different when you're selling an RV, right? Because, I mean, most of us, pretty much all of us have driven a car. We know what we're looking for in a car. An RV is a little bit of a different thing. You don't ha- know necessarily what's out there. A lot of people don't, probably. So right. you have a little bit of an opportunity to educate people on something new there as well. Right. Um, I found out very quickly that RV buyers are very, very different than automotive buyers. Um, it all comes down to a floor plan. You're buying a mini home that you're going to take somewhere else and you're going to live in. And so um, it is a process and we understand that it's important for them to get it right. And so we work very hard and very patiently with them so that they can find the right one that fits their needs. So that is actually kind of an interesting point. Since they are such different buyers, what is the idea behind bundling auto and RV together in one business? You know, our owners came up with that idea. And I think it probably has a lot to do with the climate that we live in. Mm. And so for us to be a viable business 12 months out of the year, uh, the auto side helps us be that. That Whereas, you know, the RVs, we have a bigger camping season, you know, rush. Mm -hmm. Um, We still sell them year round, Yeah, but it is... um, I, I believe that that was the motive behind adding the cars to it. And it's, uh, it's been a successful uh, business model. So you said you got started in the auto industry in when you were 19. Right. So I won't ask you to do the math on how long ago that was. <laughs> it's a long time ago. <laughs> but um, have you stayed with auto or was there any other <clears throat> time during your career that you did any other kind of sales? Yes. I took a sabbatical from the car business. Um, to raise my family. And so the hours that we commit to in this industry uh, sometimes are, they're, you know, very long. And so it was just easier for me. And um, I actually went to work and was doing technology for K through 12 schools in rural school districts across the state of Montana, Wyoming, North Dakota, and South Dakota. Mm. Um, that was probably one of the hardest learning curves I ever had to, to, you know, go from doing a walk around on a, you know, a pickup truck to being able to sell a firewall, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. uh, and understand what the firewall was for in the first place. So, 
Yeah. Um, but I did, I did take that sabbatical for probably about 10 years and was very successful there. Uh, again, using all the same skills that I've learned under the many mentors that I've had. And, um, you know, I just believe it's kind of plug and play. And that's what I try and do with my team here is teach them the methodology of what I do and you'll be successful in whatever you do. So you're a uniquely positioned to give some people some good advice on this topic. What do you think are the elements of really good customer service? Honesty. Honesty's got to be your first one. You know, I mean, I tell my customers all the time, listen, I'm a business. I need to make a little money, Mm -hmm. you know, on this. So they understand that I'm not, you know, I'm not lying to them and telling them I'm just, oh, I'm giving this away. I'm losing thousands. That's not what I say, because that's not necessarily true. If I do lose thousands, I'll tell you. But actually, um, we're a business and I'm here to try and make a fair profit Mm -hmm. and, um, and give them a buying experience where they're relaxed the whole time. Yeah. I mean, this shouldn't be work to go and to purchase something. It's not hard work to go buy a fridge, right? It's not hard work to go buy a washer and dryer. You just go in, the guy answers all your questions and either you buy mm-hmm. it or you don't. That's what we're trying to do here. Um, you know, it is our job to ask you to buy it from us. So don't think we don't. Yeah. We will. Um, but we do it in a way that doesn't make people uncomfortable. So in getting your start in this industry, two things. What ultimately inspired you to jump into a sales career and has kept kept you there? And also, what advice do you have for other people who might be you know, younger or not younger, just looking to get into something like this? Well, I, um, my father taught me how to paint. You know, he was... Um, He's, he was a pastor for many, many years, 60 years. And um, also he worked a job for many, many of those years. And so he taught me how to paint. So I was able to go out and work, you know, those jobs. And I'm like, you know, there's got to be a better way, you know, um, for me personally. I have nothing against the, our painters in Billings. You know, we need you. But uh, for me, it was just something... I like to go to work. I like to not get dirty. Uh, you know, I like to be able to meet all kinds of new people. That was probably what it was. And then what's kept me uh, in this. And then, you know, having quick success, I believe, from knowing how to treat people from my upbringing and gave me the ability to advance in this line of work, you know, quicker than you would in, you know, a typical other setting. And so, because I had managers that believed in me and allowed me to move up the ladder, then I was able then to, you know, do what I do and, and have success. So what is next for you? What are some of your goals for the future? Retirement. Uh, no, I'm just (laughs) kidding. Um, you know, my goals are to watch my grandbabies grow up, you know, and to, my biggest goal right now is to really make midway billings a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that is our sole desire. Once we get downtown or down to the West end of billings and we get our inventory increased, I really believe we can be super successful with our model that the company has. And that's 
family-owned, customer service first, and come in and enjoy your experience of buying, you know, your first RV or your 10th car from us. Also, you say that you appreciate the family aspect of this business because it's family-owned, but also you work with family here as well, right? Yes, I do, actually. Um, my son uh, works with me here, and uh, it's that's kind of a thing you got to work through, you know, when you, um, because here I'm not dad. You know, he introduces me here as Matt, and when he does, I get mad. I'm like, you don't call me that. But then I got to remember, <laughs> oh, yeah, we're at work. You do call me that. So, um, yeah, we... We're doing really well. And I think this is a great industry for him um, to grow and to, you know, and he's 21, you know, going to be 22 years old. So this could be a great career path for him. All right. Well, last but not least, well, is there anything that you wanted to talk about uh, that we didn't cover today? <clears throat> yeah, I, I I said this in my my video that we did earlier, but mm -hmm. I think this is a real honor for the this industry to receive this award. And I I just want to tell the young people out there that are, you know, not knowing what career path they want to go down next or looking to um to go out and to not be afraid of the auto industry or not be afraid of the RV industry or the boats or power sports, any of those things. Um, a lot of great people out there that can take you and teach you the ropes and teach you how to make a really good living and um, in an honest and fair way. And so that would be, you know, my hope that someone would hear this and say, oh, I never thought of that, you know, and come and talk to me, you know, and uh, see if they're fit, you know, for this type of work. That sounds great. Yeah. Um, you kind of touched on this and what you just said, but um, to be named as the um, for the Customer Service Excellence Award for the Billings Chamber, what does that also mean to you, not for your industry, but personally to, to be recognized by your community in that way? It really means a lot. Um, it was, um, you know, I silently do what I do. You know, I, we were talking earlier. I'm not, uh, I don't have tons of social media posts out there of me doing what I do. And, you know, I just kind of am the quiet guy that's kind of in the back making things happen, making things roll. And so to get an award like this, it's, um, it's very much an honor. And, um, to all of the years that I've worked at this, you know, and so you guys can't see me out there, but I'm not, a spring chicken. So I'm a little older. So, um, for it to finally, uh, to come, you know, in my fifties, it's, uh, yeah, it's a real honor. You know, it just shows that if you keep doing the right thing over and over and over again, that you will eventually be rewarded. Well, thank you again for taking the time to talk to us today and congratulations. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you, Matt. You bet. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Next up is our inclusion award winner, William Henry of Be Better World. William, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a little while, but... It has been. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, 
who you are, what you do, and you know what your organization, Be Better World, is. Yeah, what day of the week is it? I'm going to ask me what I do, right? <laughs> no, uh, so William Henry, Be Better World, CEO, founder of this organization. We do a lot of things, but a lot of our work is just, is just centered around self-empowering people. So whether you're 8 or 80, what we want to help you do is be able to take the next step in whatever your journey is. So, uh, again, that sometimes that looks like our anti-bullying program that we do in schools, uh, some of the DEI work that the chamber's familiar with, and sometimes it's executive coaching or leadership training for uh, businesses and organizations around the nation. And the anti-bullying element of it was really where it started, and then the other elements of it evolved from there. Um, can you talk a little bit about you know how you you know how you selected those other elements and how your business has grown from that original seed? Yeah. So at heart, we're all kids, right? And for for, for some of us, we have insecurities related around how we're treated. And so when we started this program, we started with kids simply because I thought it was important that people understood what bullying was, because a lot of people don't understand what bullying is. And so from that, um, I had about a group of 50 kids in a program at one point, and then there were uh, two CEO parents in there who was like, can you come and start doing some leadership training in our space? So from there, spawned to that. So I had about 30 or 40 clients in that space. And then there was a large event that happened in the world in 2020 of June. Um, that took diversity, equity, and inclusion to another level. Although I have been doing it for eight and a half years, the world thought it was important to do it then, and here I am. Yeah, and I, I have been through your your class, the immersion program that is facilitated through the chamber, and it is, uh, it is really helpful to just think through these things in a systematic way because I think a lot of a lot of people do have thoughts about these things, but it's when you don't sit down, put pen to paper, and really organize those thoughts it's difficult to you know really think through these things and when you don't discuss them and because a lot of people are afraid to discuss these topics you end up with a lot of blind spots yeah it is it's interesting because a lot of people want to talk about the sensationalism that's put out in, in in the media what we try to do is just make it a real conversation although uncomfortable i think it's important that you're having the conversation um so hopefully what people take out of those workshops is that yes we're all uncomfortable every side every race every culture every ethnicity but it's a conversation that must be had. So I try to create a space for that. Yeah. And I, I would say you are successful at those. So as you, as you look back at your career, what do you think you're the most proud of? I'm proud of raising a daughter to 16 years old right now. That has um, not a whole lot of blind spots, right? She's just open to learning. She ingests information. She accepts people for who they are. So I'm probably most proud of that accomplishment to this date. The most challenging thing. Uh, you know what? She's a pretty good kid. So, I, you know, of course, a 16-year-old girl comes with just built-in challenges. But um, I, I look at how she navigates space, and it's important to me how she does that. It's good. So we've had a lot of exposure to you also um, doing your DEI work. And the first time I ever saw you was speaking um, at, on, about anti-bullying at a women's conference um, before I ever was part of the chamber. And so... Um, I've been a fan for a while, but you. in you talking about your daughter, I'm thinking, um, you know, you do a lot of this professionally as a parent. Do you have other, other tidbits of wisdom you can share to raise kids that, that have that mindset? Oh, if I could do that, I could retire if I had tidbits. I would just put them all in a book. I think the one thing that I've learned through this is that just be open, right? And, I'm, and, I, and I mean that seriously, get out of your own way. Um, because what my daughter is experiencing, I had no idea about. I mean, there are some foundational things that we just get, you know, treat people right, all those things we talk about. 
But the, the generation of times that she's living through, if I'm not willing to open my lens and at least listen and then provide guidance, I think that has taken me further than probably most other things have taken me. You talked about getting started with bullying and then moving into other executive coaching and ultimately what propelled you into the DEI education space and how that partnership with the chamber has like what that has meant for you and, and for this community. Yeah. So um, even when I was working in, in, in the private sector, I had a had a consulting business on the side where we just did cultural based training. So diversity, equity, inclusion. I'd had that for eight and a half years before, as I like to say, it got sexy for people where people really started talking about it. <laughs> I'd already been doing this work simply because the industry that I was in, uh, I noticed after being in it for about 12 years, the level of minorities and uh, that was in that and the level in the, excuse me, the number of men that were in it were, were, were minimal. So it, it sparked me to start doing some work in that space and that just spawned to other businesses. So that, that's how I kind of got into it. Somebody's on the fence about whether or not they should go through your program. What's your what's your elevator pitch for the the value of the program? <laughs> so I, I don't have an elevator pitch. <laughs> I, I, I seriously don't. Right. Because here's the deal. Right. Trying to break somebody's lens about something that they already have some preconceived notions about is super hard. What I would say is that there are several hundred people in this community who have been through the program. Talk to one of them. Right. They will tell you about their experience, good or bad. You get it from somebody who's actually sat in the space. The only thing I would say to people is, is that don't judge the book by the cover that you're reading. L at least read the first page. So looking back on how far you've made it and the impact that you've had in our community, which is immense, which is a huge part of the reason that you are winning this award. What do you attribute to what do you attribute your success professionally? I think just taking a look at it one piece at a time as opposed to the big puzzle, right? So when people say, let's just use DEI because that's something that I know that you all are familiar with. You know, you think about that. You think about how big those terms are. And I don't think about it that way. I think about how can I impact the person that's sitting in front of me? And that's been my mission. And you look back and you go, oh, we impacted 10 people today. And then that, that, that multiplier just continues to continue, continue to happen. So I'm most proud of that one at a time. I think that's uh, that's really important. And anytime you're trying to create a change is that I, I think a lot of people do get discouraged because they don't see the scale. They don't see that, you know, the, the ability to create transformational change all at once. But that, you know, incremental consistency can take you a long way if you do it for long enough. Yeah, it's, it's like discipline, right? I mean, it's like I don't know anybody who woke up and lost 10 pounds. Right. You right. lose it a pound at a time. And so I think when we talk about this work, it's no different. So I don't look at it. I wake up in the morning saying I'm going to go and try to change billings. I look at it today and say, who am I sitting in front of who wants this information and who wants to take who wants to be a champion of it to carry it to the next person? Yeah, it's just like that. Losing weight is a great analogy It's like, you know, most people don't have to worry about figuring out every little minute detail before they get started. Most people just need to eat 15% less and go from doing no exercise to doing some exercise. And it, you just like, you start somewhere and do something. Yeah, I, I think if you think about most big processes, the formula is simple. The, the, the intestinal fortitude to finish the formula is what's hard, right? Yeah. So if you want to lose 10 pounds, you get to that fifth pound and you plateau. So now you got a choice to make, right? But do I keep pushing to do, I have to change something, I have to pivot, do something different for the six through 10 pound. Or a lot of people have experienced this, and I'm one of those people. You're just like, I don't want to do that. The work is too hard. 
you talked about this a little bit and how you grew your business, but what gave you the inspiration to get started in the first place, especially with the, the anti-bullying? Yeah. So I, I say this all the time. I'm just in a race with myself and I'm about three steps behind. So <laughs> as I'm chasing me, I'm trying to figure out the things that I do to make myself um, better, more competitive, uh, more understanding. And I try to provide that to my client base. And so that was the thing that was my driver. Like I wasn't done growing and I knew I wasn't done growing. And there was a group of people who weren't done growing. I just said like, how do we grow together? I think that so much of your work is you're starting that ripple, but you don't always get to see the, you don't get the immediate gratification of that ripple effect going through other lives and extending beyond our own community. Have there been times though, where it's kind of come full circle and you've been able to be like, wow, that I'm really making a difference. Oh yeah. I, it's funny. I just, when I was sitting in the parking lot waiting to come in here, I got an email from one of my clients who we worked with 18 months ago and just said, we just put our senior leadership team through the immersion process. That's a huge win, right? They were knocking that door for a long time. So, you know, again, as frustrating as it can be because we want immediate gratification, I realize that this is a marathon, seriously a marathon. Mm -hmm. I asked this question because I think it could be inspiring for a lot of people. It's going to sound like a tougher question that I, that I mean it, but I imagine that, you know, you saw a need that, you know, you saw something where there was a need that had to be filled. Uh, what made you think that you were the person to go out and tackle that problem? Maybe I'm not the person. Maybe you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I, I was, I, I've always been a firm believer in this. Don't bring a problem if you're not willing to be a part of the solution. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we, we could talk about problems all day and I'm not willing to sit at a table where that happens. We have to start being solution oriented in this space. And I think that was my role. I want to help create a solution for the opportunity. I won't even call it a problem. The opportunity that existed in our community. I think that um, in thinking about other problems and other solutions, what what are you thinking um, for the future? What's what's the next thing? I know that this isn't something that's solved overnight, so you could devote your whole life to this work and, and there'll still be more to do, but are there, are there other things or other things on the horizon that you have? Yeah. It's just growth opportunities within the space. I mean, there's so much learning to be done. I mean, there's new research every day. There's all things, things coming out. I, my main goal is not, it's not to quote unquote, fix the, fix the times that we're in now. My hope, my hope is that the, the generations that follow me um, see the success and see the opportunities that was laid doing the work that we're doing now. So for me, it's just looking back and trying to make sure that we're creating opportunities for those behind me. So last but not least, what does it mean to you to be the recipient of the Inclusion Award for 2023 by the Billings Chamber? Yeah, so I think, I think the main thing it means to me is that somebody is actually recognizing the work and actually doing the work. There's a level of intentionality. I'm just a vessel of the work that's being done in the community. I'm uh, super excited that you all decided to recognize me in this space, but it just says to me that this is important to individuals outside of myself. So kudos to you all for even having this award in this space. Thank you very much. Up next, we are talking to Deborah Fisk, Director of HR and Operations, and Chaz Llewellyn, Services Manager for our Employer of the Year, Entree Technology Services. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yes, happy to be here. Yeah. So just to dive right in, can you tell us about uh, what you do for Entree and you know, for our listeners who aren't familiar with it, what is Entree Technologies? Oh, fair enough. Yeah. You um, explain Entree. So Entree Technologies, <laughs> we're a managed services provider. So 
Um, our clients uh, have, uh, it's upon us to make sure that their business infrastructure, their security, their backups, um, basically after the internet hits the building, we're responsible for everything inside of that building. Um, so, I mean, it, it stems anywhere from email accounts all the way up to firewalls and, and email security and all that fun stuff. So building out a company's internal network and making sure everything runs smoothly. Yep. So for anybody who who is you know either too small or just doesn't want to have their own IT department. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like for smaller businesses, it like financially just doesn't necessarily make sense to, you know, bring someone on full time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of nice because when you do need help, we have like. 25 technicians and engineers that are available to help. Right. And, and beyond that, even too, it's like, you know, these, uh, these businesses know what they do, right? So they know how, uh, you know, if they're a trucking company, they know how to get shipments across the country and all this stuff. And that's their bread and butter technology. Not isn't necessarily. So that's, that's when they'll call us in and we'll put our combined nerd heads together and <laughs> come up with some awesome solutions for them. So, oh yeah. And I think that's, that's so valuable. Like the expertise is, is really important. Like I, I consider yeah. myself reasonably tech savvy. Like I built my own PC at home and all that kind you of put stuff. put this podcast together. That's but, pretty good. <laughs> but some of that backend uh, Microsoft Windows stuff is just completely opaque to me. Sure. I, yeah, don't understand it yeah. at all. I so can't I even it, hook up a printer to my laptops. <laughs> no, don't say that. You work for Entree. Printers are a whole different can of worms. So, so I take it that you are not out in the field. So what Correct. do the two of you do for Entree? Yeah, so as the HR and operations director, I help assist with recruiting, onboarding new hires, um, performance management plans, um, obviously the not-so-fun stuff like disciplinary action and whatnot, which thankfully our nerd crew is pretty great. So we don't deal with a lot of that. Um, But I'm honestly there to assist in any way I can from a non-billable perspective. So anything my team can assist with for the techs and engineers that isn't necessarily client related, that's our goal. We just kind of want to help them be successful, um, which is pretty dang fun. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Even all the way down to ordering lunch and snacks. They love that. They really <laughs> like snacks. Which we'll so. talk about after this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> snacks are a really important part of a, a good of an culture. office. I know. Yeah, yeah for they sure. They love it. Absolutely. Yeah. You hungry? Go get some to eat. You're fine. <laughs> so aside from snacks, can you tell us a little bit about other things that you offer your employees and provide for them just to promote a healthy culture and promote employee growth? Yeah. Um, We like the standard stuff, obviously. So we do offer health insurance, 401k plan, uh, PTO, um, things like that. But I think some of the things that are a little bit more unique to Entree from like a, I don't know if I'd call them benefits, but benefits, allowing dogs to come into the office, which just kind of makes a fun work environment, especially, you know, we've got our dog policy. So we make sure that they're they're well behaved and whatnot, (laughs) especially if we have visitors. But um, I think the having like a dog friendly office really helps, you know, the culture, especially those that just need kind of like we work in a very high stress environment. You know, clients aren't calling us because their technology is going well. They're usually calling us because like they can't do something and ne- they need to get their job done. And so when you have those little moments of like, you know, let's go play with the dog outside or let's have a you know, let's have a drink at four o'clock because we crushed like a ton of tickets 
and just celebrate or let's play some Jackbox games, you know, at the end of the week, just stuff like that to kind of help um, build a, a fun culture, just that work hard, play hard type of culture. So, yeah, for what sure. am I missing? Oh, man. I mean, there's, there's so much. I mean, beyond that, we, we do have incentive programs, you know, for their continued hard work, because, you know, it's, it's very it's very easy in this industry to get burnt out. Right. Because it's constant with the amount of clients mm-hmm. we have, the amount of endpoints, as we call it, that includes computer servers, et cetera. Um, there, there's never a dull moment and there's never a time where there's nothing to do. So it, it is important to make sure that we kind of incentivize and um, try to break the monotony as, as best we can, for sure. And thankfully, we have shows like The Office that we can steal ideas from, <laughs> yeah. like Office Olympics, which we're, <laughs> yeah. we're going to have to which do we soon get, again. Yeah, we need to get that going. Yeah. Yeah, we, we have Spotify accounts, so there's music in the background. You know, we we uh, we allow some streaming when appropriate. Like it, it's it's fine. We don't lock up YouTube. We don't um, do anything like that. We we trust that the people we hire are adults. They're going to get their job done, and and they do. It's it's been been wonderful. Yeah. Sometimes it might sound like an EDM rave on one side of the building. <laughs> Occasionally. 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 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But yeah, they get their stuff done and they enjoy it. So yeah, it, it sounds like you place a lot of trust in your service providers to, you know, do what they need to do and, you know, get the job done and not as much in how they do it or how they right. spend their time in between right. tickets. Yeah, it's, exactly. It, yeah, it's, yep. it's time and happiness, right? For the, for, for ultimately our clients, as long as we get things done in a timely manner and, and we do it well and they're happy, then, then we're happy. And if purchasing a really fancy silent keyboard helps with that, we're all for it. <laughs> Those keyboards aren't silent. Click, 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 click. Well, Ben just got a silent keyboard. You got a silent he one? He got a silent one. It's we're pretty awesome. Everyone should have a silent <laughs> <laughs> The biggest noise in our office yeah, is like, the clink, 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 clink. It's like typewriters. Who, I know a lot of people who look for the opposite, the loudest keyboards. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where it we has these those. beautiful like lights underneath. <laughs> and like, yeah. like Rainbow sure, shoot that's what across you want. the keyboards. Yeah. All that stuff. Awesome. Big white screen monitors, whatever you need. Mm-hmm. So what do you think makes Entree special as an employer and as a business? I mean, we talked a lot about that, but is there is there anything else that you would want to highlight? I think our owners, I think it's difficult because obviously we've all worked for different organizations and whatnot. You typically are staying because you like your management team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, usually you're leaving because you don't get along with your manager. And so I think what's really great about our two owners is they're not like no men where it's just like every idea you have, they're kind of like, no, or no, that's not in the budget this year. They're really open and willing, you know, to have you state your case. And they're usually super for it if it makes financial sense and it's going to help our clients or our staff. So they're a very like, let's try it out. And if it doesn't work out, we'll regroup and try something else. Um, like you don't have to be afraid to ask them for stuff or to switch up a policy or to add a benefit, or they're just super open and willing to kind of do whatever we need to do. That's going to help the community and our staff. So I think that is tough to find in an organization at times. Um, and so we're pretty spoiled from that perspective. Yeah, for sure. And the culture of it, of, of our office is, is fantastic. We put a, um, you know, big emphasis on making sure that the culture is, is, you know, nobody's afraid to open that door in the morning, you know, when they come into work, we're going to have tough days. We got it, but uh, you know, we're going to do what we can to, to make it mm-hmm. a fun and, and a, a place you want to be. 
Um, so that's, that's been awesome. And, and again, kudos to our leadership and, and owners for allowing, you know, that to happen. Yeah. And there's a lot of transparency around, you know, pay structure. And like, if you want to make this amount of money, this is the title and, you know, the skill set that you need to have to better serve our clients. So let's create a roadmap to get you there. Um, it's not based on tenure. It's all based on your performance. So if you're crushing it and you're just doing a great job and you're up for a promotion, we're not going to wait, you know, until you're here for five years or something along those lines. So yeah. um, we allow them to kind of go at their pace and we're just going to help try and get them there, whether it's here, take these trainings or, oh, you need more exposure to this type of a client and these types of issues. So we're going to like pass these tickets on to you so you can get a little bit more exposure. Um, and I don't know if a lot of other places put an emphasis on growth for the staff, you know, right. um, they might talk about it at year end, but we do quarterly assessments and we have quarterly goals and we're just kind of holding ourselves accountable um, to make sure that we reach those goals uh, if and when they want to move into that next level. So another aspect that that uh, comes across, at least in my mind, is is the the voice of the employee uh, because of our meeting structures and how it goes is like if, if something isn't working, you know, our employees are part of the solution. They're the ones bringing it up. They're the ones coming up with solutions. Um, everybody's, you know, contributing and all that fun stuff. Uh, in, in fact, just yesterday, um, we had one of the owners get in touch with one of my technicians and uh, about why this was done this way, because he just wasn't sure. And my employee told him, um, the owner, and the owner said, well, I don't agree. And my employee was able to say, no, because this, this, this. And the owner went, oh, okay, I see that. Um, you, you know what I mean? I, I, I yeah. feel like a lot of organizations, you know, yeah. And, and this is one of my, I don't want to say lower level, but lower skill set technician people being able to, to comfortably say to the owner, no, this is why. And, and the owner saying, cool. All right. Is perfect. Thanks for, for explaining that to me. That I, I don't know I would have that courage <laughs> in other organizations <laughs> well, to do that. Well, clearly the like culture fosters like letting people speak up and, and empowers them to do right. that so yeah. that that collaborative, um, yeah, so that collaboration can happen. Yeah. Oh, it's really for sure. It's important. Yeah. It's been very successful. Mm-hmm. What are some of your goals for the future? And I'll, I'll actually ask you to talk about, you know, some of Entree's goals as a company, but also your personal goals as, you know, members of Entree. Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, from a company <laughs> perspective, um, we utilize a process called EOS. Uh, it basically just kind of helps keep us on track on our three-year plan, five-year plan, 10-year plan. Um, and each quarter we're creating you know, rocks as they call them, which is, you know, the same as, as goals. Um, but we're creating rocks every quarter to kind of help us get to that one year, three year, you know, five year, 10 year target. Um, so our goal in our region is just to be the largest MSP provider um, throughout our region. Um, that's kind of our big goal. And we want to be organically grown. So we want to kind of do that just by continually, you know, recruiting, bringing on awesome resources, um, and, and serving, you know, the communities in this region. Right now, we're actually opening up two more locations in the Idaho, Washington area. So a big goal for us is finding great talent out there um, and, and really building those communities up, serving them from, you know, an IT perspective. So 
getting the old sales team together to start pushing, you know, marketing campaigns and all that fun stuff so that those two areas can really get to know Entree a little bit better and, and how we can help them out. So that's kind of our our uh, one year, three year goal for now. Yeah, so yeah, but obviously sure. that big, hairy, audacious goal that everyone talks about. We do want to be, you know, the largest and not, not just the largest from like a client standpoint, but like largest, like as in. People like, are raving about us so much that other clients are are coming to us and it's all like kind of referral based like mm-hmm. that's and we do a great job job of that here in Montana as is, which is awesome. But we also don't have a ton of competition, so yeah. it'll be super fun to just get into these larger markets and really show them who Entree is and that we're, we've kind of got more of that local touch. So we just, we want to be the best in what we're doing in our region. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think for like me personally, for my goal is I've been with the company now for five years. Going on four, five, going I on think. Five, something Close. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, how time flies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and since in, in, in my own technical career and then coming in with Entree and being a part of this, this growth where we were, uh, four or five years ago was night and day. I mean, the company has grown um, so much and, and our, what we're able to offer our clients is, has also grown significantly and being a part of being lucky enough to be a part of that growth and, and being um, towards the head of, of how we have changing what we do to, to make things more efficient, more fun. It's, it's kind of become my little baby. And we now have a toddler, I feel like. And, <laughs> and, and so my goal is to see this thing grow up and graduate. <laughs> and, and as we expand and stuff to really put us in the best position possible. Um, so this thing can, this, this train can run, right? The engine's still, still moving with or without me. And, um, but at the same point, seeing those, those new challenges arise are always my favorite part of the job, oddly enough. Um, and ultimately become the, uh, operations director or something fun like that. But <laughs> that's, I mean, really in terms, it sounds so dumb, but that that's kind of my goal is just to see this thing grow up and to, to be some, some mature, awesome, fun work environment. Yeah. What about you, Deborah? Anything specific to HR? I don't know if there's anything necessarily specific to HR. I'm always obviously looking for, you know, different benefits that we can offer our employees. And right now, I started the company when there was only like 15, like 12 or 15 employees. And we have 38 right now. Um, that was about four years ago because yeah, we started right. around the same time. Right. Um, but just being able to like work with our managers or anyone who's wanting to become a manager, I think that's kind of be my next task. Because I like we only have two, man- well, three managers right now. And so as we expand in these other locations and stuff, we're going to need more management um, in, you know, just to service our clients and also to kind of help those other technicians and engineers grow as well. So my goal over the next couple of years is to really work on some management growth plans. Like how can we get someone, you know, from a tech level who maybe wants to do more um, management type of stuff and less technical stuff how can we get them from point A to point B and point B to point C? Um, so just kind of building out those trainings because we've done a really good job and we've hyper focused on the technical um, growth paths. You know, what type of skill set from a technical perspective do you need to, to get where you're wanting to go? And so I think for me, from an HR perspective, that management growth plan and that training 
um, would be a big piece of it so that we are pretty successful in those other areas that we're not close to, like Washington or Idaho and stuff like that. But yeah. Um, I want to ask another question before we get to our final one, but just thinking about your ability to retain employees and promote this really positive culture and employee growth. What are some words of wisdom you can give other employers, like your recipe for success and how you're able to do what you do? Uh, don't overpromise <laughs> and be <laughs> transparent. Fair. Like yeah. I think what's been really cool is we've had a few employees that come to us and are kind of like, Hey, I'm putting in my notice. Um, and especially if it's someone that really does fit entree and they fit our culture and they fit where we want to be going, um, we'll just straight up ask, you know, like, is there anything that we can do to make you feel more comfortable here? Or, you know, do you have advice for us, you know, in the future that, that would be beneficial for other, you know, new hires or other people that are out there looking and we just give them that voice. And more often than not, they end up staying because we can be flexible and and we can negotiate some things. Like we just had one of Chaz's employees that needed to work from home on Wednesdays because he's got kiddos at home and, you know, his, his spouse had to work on those days now and it kind of switched up and all he had to do was come to us and he's like, Hey, is there any possibility of doing this? And we're like, heck yeah. Yeah. Like, let's make sure you have everything you need at, at home. And as long as you're, you know, we're seeing good productivity because like, we still want to hold people accountable. You know, they still have a job. Um, but as long as they're successful, like in, in whatever we can help them with, like it, we're good with that. And so I think just being transparent and giving them that voice to be open and honest with you can go a long ways. Because a lot of times people will leave and they're not actually being honest as to why they're leaving. Right. Um, and so I do feel like fostering that honesty and, and fostering those relationships it's easier for them to be like, Hey, is there any way that you can help me out with this? And then I can stay and I can keep crushing through tickets or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, for me, it's, it's listening. I learned that very quickly. The, the value of actually like truly listening um, to your employees. Um, and, and uh, I mean, when they come up to you with, with those issues, um, when they come up with problems, when they come up with solutions, um, swallowing your pride, you know, locking up your ego away and just allowing yourself to know that yes, me as your manager or, or director or whoever, um, I don't have all the answers, but we're going to figure this out together and we're going to, you know, just listen to them. Um, it's amazing what you can accomplish by, by allowing that to happen. It sounds simple. I don't think it is, but, um, (laughs) but listening truly to your employees is, it goes a very long way. Uh, all around in terms of just business success, their happiness, um, your own success as, as a, as a leader of, of that individual and, and, uh, goes a long way. I think that's great advice to wrap up. What does it mean to you to be named as employer of the year for 2023 by the billings chamber? I'll tell you this. It doesn't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I still have to write my acceptance speech. Oh, I'm so nervous. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. It, it means a lot because, you know, it, 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 it's, uh, it's always nice being to acknowledge for the hard work and, and kind of getting these, these moments where you can reflect back and then um, really just embrace how far you've gone, what got you there, you know, what changes we've made, 
oh my God, the amount of shifts we've had to do with service and staff and things just to accommodate COVID, accommodate our expansion, like, you know, trying to scale all these things. Um, so something like this is, is a, a really nice thing, at least just for me personally, just to, to give, give an opportunity to, to reflect on everything that's changed, embrace everything that's working and, um, you know, and just, uh, feel, it feels good. Yeah. <laughs> and even, really even after announcing it to our staff, you know, that, oh, hey, like this was submitted. We won this. I've had like three or four different employees just individually teams message me on like little things to be like, wow, like Entree is so deserving of this because I wouldn't probably have been able to do this at another employer. Um, like we, one of our team leads just had a baby. She's been on maternity leave. We've been just allowing her to kind of take her time, work from home. Um, kind of give her everything she needs in the office to be successful as well. And she's just like, you guys are so accommodating. It's ridiculous. Like, it's so awesome. Um, and so just hearing it from the staff, I think makes it real. Like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Versus like hearing it from like the owners or something, which they like, they're very humble about it, but they're also like, this isn't us. This is all of the staff that just do an incredible job you know, in-house and out in the community. So yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's not like just some plaque that's next to your business license in the right. front door, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's definitely means a lot. Yeah. Um, and we're, I'm very, very proud um, yeah. of our organization from, you know, ownership to leadership, to management, to our employees. Everybody has, has done a, a lot of work and we've come a long way. And I think, uh, I think this is a little, an acknowledgement that is, um, I embrace very much. Yeah. I think anyone listening and who's been hearing and following your award has to agree that you guys are very deserving. Pretty exciting to be able to give this award to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Congratulations. Very well deserved. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you to all of our winners for taking the time to speak with us. And once again, congratulations. Thank you to Hannah for co-hosting and a big thank you, especially to Payne West for sponsoring ChamberCast. If you'd like to suggest a topic or ask a question, please feel free to email us at podcast at billingschamber.com. If you like what you hear, please rate us on your preferred platform or recommend us to a friend. Don't forget to subscribe to ChamberCast wherever you get your podcasts because there is something here for everyone.